Welcome and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast. Where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Neil and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 97. Episode one, what are you thinking? <laughs> you funny. That's like your thing to do that. Just be like, you do that with home videos too. I know, I have to announce it first. It's no fun if you don't announce it. It's got to be real. It's real because you're doing it, but okay. Um, I think episode one, we're supposed to be talking about uh, who we are. <laughs> True statement. So, I'm excited though, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Well, good. Very, very excited. Can't you hear it in my voice? I know your excited voice is fantastic. It is. It is. So, who are you? Um, Richard Robinson, born in 80-something. Um, that's it. That's why. <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> it's not, you know, not complex. Not complex at all. Well, I'm Mary Robinson, also born in 80-something. Look there, we've got something in common. It's just that easy. So, what what do you do? Like, what, who who are you other than Richard Robinson, born in 80-something? Um, I'm a software engineer now. I was in the military for a while. Um, and a father to my children husband to my wife I think that sums up who I am as a person and and the things I care about in a fairly uh, direct sentence nice nice well and in in line with that I am child of the most high living God Jesus Christ wife to my amazing husband mom to my amazing three kiddos our amazing three kiddos and I always knew I wanted to be a a school teacher as the old folks like to call it but um which I did and I was pretty fantastic at that for 10 years and then I decided to stop and homeschool my babies and so I've now been homeschooling for dang has it been eight years? Seven years. Seven years of homeschooling mom. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty... How does that feel? How does what feel? Eight years of homeschooling mom. I mean, it made the times that we're currently in not seem like a change at all for me. Because we've been homeschooling forever anyway. So it's not like I had to make any major life changes but um homeschooling is challenging in its own right i mean being in the classroom for 10 years was a challenge being at home homeschooling is also another set of challenges um but i wouldn't trade it for anything it's been a great experience thus far i don't see it changing that's good that's interesting I think uh, it was a change for me starting out. Yeah, I'm sure. When when you decided, when you had that thought, and then um, I decided to support you. 
Yeah. In in that endeavor, that was a change. Being a public school kid myself and knowing what that brings to the table and knowing the stereotypes of homeschool kids and things like that. So it was a it was real interesting for me starting out. I can see that. And and trying to understand if there were any drawbacks. Right. That was always my concern, if there are any drawbacks. But I mean, you being a classically trained school teacher, um, it eased some of that. I can't lie. It made it, it made the idea a lot a lot more palatable. I'm sure. I mean, I was pretty confident in my abilities. I didn't find I didn't know that it would be as challenging as it was at the beginning, but we'll save that for another episode since this is just episode one. <laughs> we'll talk about the the woes of being a stay at home mom when you're used to being a going to work, killing the game every day woman. We'll talk about that later. But today we're gonna talk about who we are. In a little more detail. So, for me, I was just a little country girl, born and raised in Virginia, and um, nice family life, mom, dad, brothers and sisters, I'm the youngest of five, and have no complaints really about my childhood. I was always pretty motivated, pretty focused on what it is that I wanted to do at the time, whatever time that that may have been. Um, so that was my, my childhood, not really a care in the world. Most of the pressure that I ever had was from myself. So, and still is really. Um, so yeah, it's been, my childhood was pretty nice. Hmm. That's interesting. Just a little country girl. <laughs> That's like, who you married, just a little country girl. I like the way you paint that picture. I mean you cook like a country girl, but I don't know about I don't know about this uh moniker you've given yourself of a little country girl. Um I mean I guess it all depends on how you wanna define it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm no city mouse. True. So it it just seems interesting that that's the that's the language you use to def- to define yourself is is country girl. Well, I mean, I guess I guess that puts me in a in an interesting situation because, you know, coming from a rural area but being more transient, you know, living in multiple places, you know, very much like a, uh, I guess like what, what they call the military brat. Yeah. That move from place to place, but. My parents weren't in the military. We just moved a lot. Um, and always being a new face in school probably had its its different impacts on my life. And then I'm an only child. So I guess that, that factors in a lot too. You know, had a lot of time to think and things like that. But I think um, something that I decided kind of early in life was that... Uh, Marriage was the thing for me because I think very, <laughs> very early on, I had settled on this idea of family and, you know, that kind of simple life of just a family and surrounding myself with people. 
um, you know, that that Karen loves me, you know, with a with the ultimate goal of being a, a grandparent, which seems like a real simple goal. But, you know, when you're trying to do things based on a legacy and and things like that, very quickly, a goal like that of being a grandparent has put me on the path to want to understand things like generational wealth right. and um, longevity and how to leave a situation better than when you arrived and things like that. So it's been a real long-term philosophy to my life from a very early age on this path to being a, a grandparent. That's pretty know. dope. So like... How old do you think you were when you first started thinking like that? Because a lot of little girls, like, you grow up thinking, oh, I want to be married, I want to have a husband, I want to have children. I mean, look at all the little girl toys versus little boy toys. Girl toys are more geared toward being, you know, a housewife, a parent. Um, So you kind of are groomed into thinking that from when you're itty-bit up until you you actually achieve that but you don't really hear boys talking about that as a a goal of their life i mean i'm sure that you're not isolated in that but you don't really hear that yeah very often where little boys will say they want to be married or i want to be a dad like you don't really hear that yeah yeah i think i think it's one of those things that probably happens to a lot of men and it's kind of like in in their quiet moments alone you know they're probably thinking about family and things like that like it it is bound to cross your mind at at some point as a as a human I think men don't verbalize it as often and I think for me I was fairly young um and I think being the only child had some influence on that right but you know how much I enjoy and and how much how much in my childhood I enjoyed when cousins came over and stuff like that and how close we were always made me long for that kind of family situation. I can see that. Uh, in a, at a larger, like a scale-up situation. So uh, it kind of came about once I decided I wanted kids because the, the idea was, well, if I'm going to have kids, I definitely want to have them in a situation that you know perceptively is better than mine because you don't know if it's actually better right Mm -hmm. but perceptively is better so like I want them to have siblings was the first step and then it was like oh then I'll end up with this large family you know what I'm saying and then it was oh but the real goal of it all is when you see your kids be successful yeah yeah but when you see your kids be successful oh yeah yeah and then part of that success is them also having children, right. you know, because most people say, I don't want kids until I'm financially stable or, right. you know, things like that. So, so if you have built out this kind of legacy plan to become a grandparent, then part of that plan is to do the work to get to that point, be successful. Right. And, have and children, make sure they're successful. successful. And then when they have children, you have succeeded in this Because you've instilled plan. in them that same level of drive and motivation. And exactly. Or the desire to also be successful. Or you've set up that generational wealth where 
they're starting out a, couple a step up than from, you were. Than you were, so they already have a level of success just by nature of being a part of this family. Right. And now them having children is not as big of a financial burden. It's not as much of a hassle. All these things because, you know, you've done that work for them. So now right. your reward is not your children, but your children's children right. become your that's, reward. That's Bible. Yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely is Bible. But that's that's kinda that's kinda the, the idea there. And that and I think I had that idea very early on and it just kinda you know, again, being the only child and having time to just sit and think a lot of times. Right. And you know, in my alone time, it had time to just take root and kinda kinda permeate through my whole my whole being. So, you know, that's like the the singular goal in life is to achieve that but you know as i've gotten older i realize trying to achieve that goal has so many branches to it you know because you know economic success starts with the nuclear family so right so that's kind of what you know honestly put me on the hunt for a wife early on in life like oh you were looking for me yeah yeah i had to start i had to start at the beginning and get through uh you know, some of the not good ones to know what what good looks like. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, right? You don't know what good is until you've seen bad a lot of times. So you've seen other than optimal in some cases, because I can't say everything was always bad, but, you know, other than optimal situations. And then you got to take your lessons learned from that and grow. Right. You know, like, how did I contribute to this going south? Right. You got to grow a little bit in there too, yeah. or a lot, or a lot, and know. then learning what it is that you really want versus what it is that you really don't care too much about. Yeah, yeah, you got to be able to focus on it, and then once once you do that, and you think, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but at least you know when you have the tools to do the self inspection, you know, to look inside and say, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I did to contribute to that that scenario. Let right. me not do that. Once you have those tools to even perform that, then I think you have at least enough equipment to be successful in a relationship. Right. And I think that's why, you know, when when we finally met on that faithful day. um, In November. In November. It was it was sunny outside about 78 (laughs) degrees. (laughs) November 97. Yeah. So I think I think that that is what equipped me to you know make i think the strides that we had early on even though we were fairly young i was gonna say like it's it's interesting when we have ever spoken about how we met to friends and things because we speak about it like we were so much older but we were legit 16 and 17 years yeah, old. Yeah, we were at high school. Having very adult conversations about relationships because, like I said earlier, my focus has always been pretty strong. Like, I've never had an issue with staying focused on a thing. So, I'd only ever had one boyfriend other than you. And after that, I was like, man, I'm done because... 
I need my, I, I saw the distraction that a boyfriend could cause. And so I was like, this is not for me. Not right now, because I am focused on school and grades and college and the next steps of my life. And so I'm chilling. I'm having a great time. I'm 16 years old. I don't have a care in the world. And then here come this joker. With the sweet talk and the level head that I hadn't seen at all in high school. It was a very different type of mentality that you brought to the scenario. Which I really appreciated because I didn't ever feel like I had to split my focus to be, you know, one way or another for you. Because it was like... You, I, I felt like you came in with the understanding of, oh, she's a focus girl. Like, I can, I don't want to mess that up about her. Yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting because that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. That's that's probably, <clears throat> that's probably, one of the things that was hyper attractive to me about you is your focus because, that kind of focus and ambition I felt like. Uh, match my own in the way of I need to get to the next step Mm -hmm. and I need to move to the next thing and you know having that kind of drive and focus you know was was very attractive and and still is actually Uh, okay now because you know you know the idea that you know like like I told you one time before you were one of the few people I've met in life even at this point um, that had that kind of singular point of focus. Like, this is the thing I want to do. And now every step I take aids me in some way of achieving that thing that I want to achieve. And so it made it real easy for me to be, you know, supportive of that. It made it real easy for me to know when you needed space and when you and when you didn't. You know, it even made it easier to to deal with, you know, times when, you know, you know, later, just as a little later, but, you know, when you're in in college um, and you say, oh, I got an exam I need to study for, you know, things like that. It was like, oh, well, then it ain't no need in making the drive or X, Y, and Z because she has an exam. I might as well just give her the space instead of showing up and being that distraction and saying, well, let me help you study. Right. But that ain't, that's that's really not what's going to happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and really, you know, a lot of that came from just being honest with myself and understanding that that's the same kind of drive I had, you know, to what's the next step in life? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to get off the beaten path. Right. I don't want to take time off, you know. I want to I want to go to the next thing. What's the next thing? And then uh, and even being proactive in that decision making, you know, not lingering in a in a place and being indecisive, saying, oh, I'm going to take this jump. I'm mm-hmm. going to go 100 on this jump and see where these roads take me, you know. Right. So that and that even, you know, is how I made my decision to, to join the military because I was in. In, being in high school and we were dating at the time mm-hmm. and it was just like well I don't plan to go to college because I don't know what I want to study in college and you know with our 
with our background, with my background, I was like, if I go to college, I'm taking these student loans. And if I'm taking these student loans and I don't even know what I want to do, right? why take these student loans? So I was like, oh, but I can enlist in the military and get this GI Bill, you know, and maybe see something interesting. Right. You know, and then even in that decision, you know, you know, always going after excellence. It was well. If I'm a joiner branch, <laughs> right? Hey, I might as well, well go for the go for the gusto, go for right? The gusto. So, that's what led me to joining joining the Marine Corps, and it's just like, I mean, I didn't I didn't know nine eleven was going to happen and all of that. Right. But we'll talk about that another time too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's still that going to that next step, right? You know? And then and then that you know led to a, a lot of different opportunities and meeting great people and stuff like that and then you know us being able to work through that you know long long distance relationship because you were in college at the time right and now i'm in the military you know but still making that work was still another not only testament to us both having you know a strong singular focus but also you know to our i guess relationship maturity but, you know, to, to backtrack a little bit, I think when we first met, um, having gone through those other relationships helped me understand things like triangulation, triangulation. Yeah. You know, when couples get into something or have a dispute. And then bring someone else in, into it yeah. unnecessarily just yeah. to divert from the real issue. Yeah. And even in high school, you have that. You yeah. Know, I mean, it's major in high school, especially. I mean, we benefited from the fact that we lived in neighboring counties, but we didn't go to the same high school. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, a lot of people all in our business all the time because we weren't together, quote unquote, all day long. Because mm-hmm. I really saw that a lot with the people who were dating within the, within the high school. But yeah, the rumor mill and all right, that Right, the rumor mill and you so-and-so said you they saw you with so-and-so over mm-hmm. behind the stairwell <laughs> and you were in class the whole time but right. they just trying to start something but um for us having neighboring counties you know it kind of provided a little bit of a buffer against things like that i mean we still got it a little bit at least i did i would well so-and-so said that so-and-so like okay whatever because there was already a trust built there at mm-hmm. that point but um, one of the things I did want to talk about in our early relationship that when we relate this to people, they're often like, what? Y'all did what? Like, because we were both pretty focused on what it was that we wanted to do, we were always pretty upfront about time factor. Yeah. And, and, and intentions. Time, intentions, and commitment. Yeah. Because that is not something that we would see and as as you really don't see often at all in, you know, young people, you don't see, you know, oh, one month is a long time. Yeah. So like for us, I remember when we got to like six months and we like sat down and had that real like oh, yeah, conversation the like the dinner. <laughs> like no, look. It was the dinner. We've been in this joint now. Six months. Six months. Yeah. Are we going to keep dating or not? Because I am not trying (laughs) to waste time. And this was us at 17 years old having a conversation like, look. Is that when we went to the Pearl River? 
Was that when we? I think we did go to Pearl River. Yeah. Pearl River is a restaurant that was on the water, not too far from where we both lived. Maybe what thirty minutes away. Yeah, I mean, it was, there. you know, for seventeen year olds with hardly any money, it was a decent restaurant to yeah. go to. They had crab legs on the buffet. Look. Buffets are off limits from now on until forever. <laughs> but but then at seventeen, at all 17, you can eat crab legs. Man, all you can eat crab legs was it. And and you paid. You balling. Like, Yo, what you doing? Yeah, all you we went to Pearl River. Yeah. But it was, I mean, the ambiance was pretty nice there. But we mm-hmm. legit had a conversation about, like, intention and commitment and what are we really thinking about doing because no one's in this to be wasting time. Mm-mm. And I remember we had that conversation. That was just the first time. We had that conversation every six months and then every year until we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And it was just about how are we, what are we doing, are we good, do we want to stay together or would we be better off as just friends? Because And because we were having those conversations, it would have never ended on like a, I hate your guts note. Mm-hmm. It would have ended on a, man, let's just, let's just be cool. But I think the thing that was real interesting about those conversations were the topics of those conversations. Because if you remember, you know, over the course of us dating up until we got engaged, those conversations revolved around things like religion. Yeah. What what God do you believe in? How often do you practice? What's your habits like? And and do you want children? How many children do you want? You know, big questions like that. That sometimes I think, you know, when you're caught up in the, uh, when you love love the way we do. Yeah. A lot of times, you forget that this is another human. That maybe, maybe, you know, from a, from, as a man, you know, maybe she don't want to be pregnant and get all big and deal with her feet being bloated and then pushing a watermelon out. Maybe she don't want to deal with right. that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's kind of reckless to assume that this other human just wants children because you do, you know? So I think those kind of conversations were real interesting. And then even uh, the one on religion, you know, because it would have been weird to get to a year and yeah, then find and out. Yeah, never know. Like, yeah. oh, I go to church on Sunday. Well, how did I not know that? Yeah, or find out that you are Catholic or, All you know, right. some other religion other than uh, what we believe. So that would have been, that would have been, that would have been an awkward situation too, you know, because then the next immediate question is then well what, how do we raise the kids right you know are they this religion or that religion that, and that would have been that. like a a hard break for me yeah that would have been a showstopper exactly yeah i'm like no nah, this this really can't work right right <laughs> and then you know sometimes the decisiveness that that can you know breed yeah once you know somebody has a different a different belief system than you so i think those are really really strong topics that you know built a strong foundation of trust and uh kind of a light you know it wasn't etched in stone or anything right. but it's a light kind of road map of what are, what are we trying to achieve relationship wise right so you know you you have your independent tracks i'm right. doing this i'm doing that and you're making it crisscross and work where they should mm-hmm. but then it's you know oh we crisscross and we do these things because we're trying to build to this. 
And I think that that really helped us out, especially, you know, you know, something we'll probably talk about at nauseum as we go. But, you know, even how we structured our what I like to call our internal support system. Right. You know, where you were you were in school and then you were doing your masters and I was just doing my thing and then just supporting you in that journey. Right. You know, whether it's books or exams or right. you know, quiet time to study and things like that. That's you know. probably one of the things that I really love about us the most is the fact that we've always supported each other as equals like it's never been well you go do this thing but then I have to do something to reciprocate it it's always just been a expected like not even expected it's just it just is yeah yeah I think that's something that we built really well really early you know like 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 I mean even back to when we were 16 and 17 having conversations like Six months in, are we, are we going to continue? Do we need to, how do we need to structure our lives so that I'm still me? And we'll talk about this in another episode too. I'm still me, you're still you, but we're married partners in life and now in business as well. Um, just on a path toward goals and visions that we have. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's back to even, even with the structure, the internal support structure, because I right. think that was part of us building that structure to understand that I can be here and not be in the limelight. You know, like even way back then, you know, because you know when I came to visit you mm-hmm. when you were in college, you are in college. Right. Everyone on campus knows you. You're doing these different things. So as oftentimes I was introduced as Mary's boyfriend. Right. And and being okay with that is is part of that growth, you know, and you gotta be able to support somebody by being okay with being introduced as this is Mary's plus one. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if you can be okay with that, then when the tables turn, a lot of times it makes it easier for the other person to reciprocate because they can say, Oh, I remember all those times that you know, we were at these different functions, you know, like when you sung in the choir and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I would come watch you and people would just be like, oh, that's that's Mary's plus one. Some people knew my name. Some people didn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? They just knew of our association. But then, like, you know, when you came on base, finally, and it's the roles are reversed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then it's, oh, that's Richard's wife. Yeah, that's. And being 100% okay with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, and I think that that built up that internal machine because, you know, when we look at our lives academically, you know, you got your undergrad and your masters before I even started college, you know, and then being a late college student, you know, we're married by this time, and we'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, but I'm just saying, being married and stuff like that. Yeah. And you being able to support me through my yeah undergrad master's again journey. that dual that support that just is yeah and now we both sit here with master's degrees right becomes a really a really powerful thing when you think about it again in the in the realms of legacy building and right you know building out that that generational mindset right you know what i'm saying that now our kids look at us and say my mom and dad have master's degrees right 
my mom and dad are excellent in these things. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a, well, mom's smarter than you or dad's smarter than you. It's like they get to see what it looks like when two people are equally yoked. Right. And, and we can tell them the story of how we did it. Right. Which then gives them an example of, you know. It gives oh, them some foundation that we didn't have. Again, yeah. back to that setting it up so that they're going to do better than we did. Yeah. And we're doing pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No yeah. complaints here. Well, then I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm winning. That's that's the goal right there, you know. So I yeah. think I think those are are the important things and the things that matter the most. So um I don't know if we've hit the mark. It looks like we're about out of time. Yeah, but I'm pretty excited. I think this is going to be fun gonna be great you guys are gonna get to get a little insight into Richard and Mary um just a disclaimer if you ever hear you know little people in the background that we have to shoo away to go back to bed you know we are parents of three and we try to do this when the house is nice and quiet but as if you're a parent if you are a parent you know Sometimes they'll creep out of the bed and want to be where we are. So, luckily tonight we haven't had that problem at all. Yeah. It's been a great episode number one, wouldn't you say, my man? Yep, yep. And and I want to hear everyone else's thoughts too. So you can reach out to me at Kincaid Seven One on Twitter. Do you know your? I don't know your... my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. I'll try to be all professional with it and lead you into it. You should have told me. And you don't even know it. Oh, boy. I can look it up. Yeah, look it up real quick. But you can do that on his. That would be fun. Yeah. Because I really don't know. Yeah. That that would be the easiest way. And if if not, then that's fine, too. It's all complicated. It's at Mary underscore L underscore Rob on Twitter. <laughs> I might have to fix that. Yeah, you have to change that to something else. Well, maybe we'll start a Twitter for this for Yeah, this we'll podcast. start a Twitter for the podcast. We'll let you know what that is at a later episode. Yeah. But signing off now. Yeah, thanks. Good job, babe. Thanks, babe. You too. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening.